Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. To the game, it's Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berkland. It is also the game after work. If you missed hour one of the show, Chiefsaholic arrested. Bob Huggins versus West Virginia. We blindly ranked five. Check out the podcast at newsradiokman.com. Also search for wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for the game on 1350 K-Man. Uh, we'll be joined by Mason Voth here in just a moment. First of all, I want to give a quick shout to a, a listener out there. I actually met him earlier today at Chipotle. and never met him before, but I certainly knew the name as soon as he said what his name is. Steve Berkland. Shout Seen out him on him. Twitter, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Big time cat. Just happened to run into him earlier today. He introduced himself to me. And uh, it was a pleasure meeting him. So uh, shout out to uh, Steve Berkland. Right on, dude. Yeah, he's active on Twitter. Very active. Did he pay for your lunch, though? So here's – I had this thought. I was like (laughs) – he he was very complimentary. He Mm -hmm. says he he loves the show, Mm -hmm. uh, listens all the time, listens to the podcast or listens to us live. And then I was like, you know what? I I should, should, you know, as a thank you, buy him some lunch. He was with a bunch of people. Ah. And I was like, you know, if I try doing this, this could, like, really mess up their plans or it's going to be like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I'm like, no, I got you. It's like, well, I also got my kid here. I'm with these people. I was like, yeah. I was like you know, some other time. Yeah. Just in my head. Okay. I was like, it's a pleasure meeting you. And it's like, I'll give you a shout on the show today. Right on. And so, again, shout to uh, Steve Berkland, really cool guy. Uh, another uh, note here, K-State Volleyball, uh, under first-year head coach Jason Mansfield, uh, we'll be starting their season in the middle of August here. It's going to be coming up pretty soon. Quicker uh, be here before you know it. And uh, the Cats have been picked to finish eighth in the preseason poll. Uh, meanwhile, if you haven't been watching the Summer League, K-State former Cats, I should say, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. Marquise has played a couple of games. Keontae made his debut a couple of days ago after missing. First couple of games uh, back in Salt Lake City, he's been out with a hamstring injury. 
uh, played uh, well almost 20 minutes and finished with 7.6 rebounds uh, in his only game so far. Meanwhile, Marquise Noel, so playing already a couple of games in Vegas, Marquise has started both games along with Grady Dick, former Jayhawk, uh, for the Raptors. So game one, it was a lot of Marquise, not so much a lot of Grady Dick. Second game, it was a lot more Grady Dick than Marquise Noel, but Grady in game one against the Bulls, 17 points, hit four threes, five assists, four rebounds, three steals, was awesome. Uh, Meanwhile, in game number two, it didn't go uh, as well for Marquise Noel. Uh, Let's just put it that I mean, he struggled from the floor. He didn't even get to 20%. Uh, The Raptors are 0-2 right now, and they're going to be back at it on Wednesday. Uh, The Oklahoma City Thunder are off today as well. They'll be back at it on Tuesday. But tell you what, I think so far so good for both guys. Mm-hmm. In the uh, mm-hmm. in the summer league, you know, both uh, signing two way contracts. Yeah, it's always tough to come back from a hamstring injury as well when you're trying to get into the swing of something that is completely new. Yeah, in terms of playing summer league team, getting a feel for who your teammates are, those types of things. Related, I did see uh, Trevor Hudgens uh, put up eight yesterday for Houston in their summer league game. Trevor Hudgens was uh, in Manhattan uh, just a few days ago. He was working out of Bramlage Coliseum with Tyler Perry. That's right. The new Wildcat. And I thought maybe, you know, Benji George, like, has some summer workouts. Like, maybe he came back for that or just came back to, you know, because he's from here and mm-hmm. had a chance to work out in Bramwich with some cats. That's awesome. All right. Speaking of cats, let's go to the Zoom. We're now joined by Mason Voth from EMA Online. You know, speaking of new, Mason is getting closer and closer to being a new daddy. <laughs> Anything uh, that we need to know, Mason, what's the latest on baby number one coming? Uh, the nursery's complete. The base of the car seat was installed yesterday with minimal fighting between Bud and I. So uh, we're, we're in a good spot right now. Kind of feels like we might actually be ready uh, for, for her to come now, and we'll just uh, wait and see when that happens. I'm hoping that she holds off, uh, you know, doesn't come like a week and a half, two weeks early because I'm trying to play in one last golf tournament at the end of July. <laughs> so we're going to see how that ends up working out. Uh, but yeah, everything is uh, going as well as it can on that front. Mason, you know you're going to get the call when you're on hole eight, right? Yeah, no, I mean she she's asked me a bunch of questions about it, and I said, well, like it's really easy. It's only like a ten minute drive from the golf course to the hospital if anything happens. So I can you know I can meet you there, be good to go, and everything. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see uh, what what comes out of that. But it seems like. Strong progress is being made on me uh, being able to to play some golf that uh, like week and a half, two weeks before. What's the due date again? August eleventh. So tomorrow is officially one month out from the due date. Ooh. You, you mentioned you got the nursery done. What color did you go for with the walls? Could not tell you. I mean, it's a pretty like uh, I don't know. It's like it's it's not white, but it's also oh, yes. like not. Gray, it's, Mauve, it's something, you know, something. Yeah, uh, there, there is like an, you know, the, the trendy thing. You, you have accent walls, so uh-huh. there's a an accent wall, uh, the side that the crib is on. That's like some sh- shade of green. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's it is what it is. I not not really my deal. As long as it looks good enough to uh, to Bud, that's all that really matters to me. Is there any like inspirational quotes on the wall or anything? No quotes, okay. uh, none of that. Um, I just, you know, I don't know what kind of quote I would 
want on the wall. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I, you know me, trendy stuff, not really my thing. Um, <laughs> she's not going to have a trendy name. We're not naming her Liam. Um, so no offense to the Liams out there. Um, that's not happening. Uh, the, right now, the only thing on the wall, so there's a, a slight, I guess, like jungle animal theme that's going on uh, in this in this place. So uh, the things that are on the wall, Bud ordered like some prints that are like these cool guy looking uh, like, I don't know how you would describe them, but pictures from the Lion King of Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa that are just sitting up there uh, on the wall. On one side, I was okay with that because you know me. I'm a Lion King guy. Uh, second best soundtrack it? of all time behind Tarzan. So <laughs> I have suggested maybe we find some Tarzan art for one of the walls. And my suggestion was the scene where the bad guy ends up hanging himself at the end of it. Thought that that would maybe be a good you know, tone setter from that movie. So yeah. uh, I, that that one's not going to happen. Here I, I, I was prepared to uh, give my sympathies that you would be hearing Hakuna Matana so much uh, that you will never want to hear it again. But mm, yeah. th- then you went for that. And, well, you know. Wow. <laughs> Did you Imagine pay- how jarring that would be for somebody that, like, doesn't really know me that well, but for some reason was in my house, and they were like, "Oh, the, the room looks great and everything." And then all of a sudden, you see—I remember—I don't even remember the guy's name. I just remember he carried around a big gun and had a big head and everything, and ends up choking on some vine. Oof. Well, after I ask you this first question, I'll do the Google and to see who the bad guy was in Tarzan. I don't honestly think I've ever seen it, but oh, oh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Well, it sounds like the Royals have been doing enough disservices for everybody these days. Oh, Clayton. Uh, His name is Clayton. Well, Clayton along with like JJ and some other jabrones. Uh, yeah. Uh, boy, interesting draft pick yesterday. Eighth overall, Blake Mitchell is a catcher out of the Texas. He's a high school 18-year-old. Were you as upset of everybody else about going with a catcher so early in the draft? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty pathetic move. Um, I mean, the – there's been a bunch of stuff that's floated out there about just how unlikely it is for high school catchers to stick at that position in the big leagues and also turn out in good hands. Uh, the, the, the comp or the, the last guy to do it basically that ended up recording more than like four days in the big leagues was Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer has been retired for almost a decade now. So, it's not like it's the best and safest of moves. I saw somebody, you know, they, they started throwing out there like, well, hey, you know, like Bryce Harper, he, he was a guy that came out of there and he, he was fine or whatever. But Bryce Harper also went to college, so he did do that, and he didn't stay at catcher. So it seems like a dumb move to me why the Royals would do that. It's just a, a bad position with bad track record. And it just is pretty on brand for them that it was pretty much universally maligned by everybody uh, that semi follows them or those that are you know even more hardcore into it. So it, it, I think it's just another piece of evidence that shows that JJ Piccolo he's not really his own guy. I mean he learned everything he knows from Dayton Moore, so he is Dayton Moore. He's going to continue to make the same dumb draft mistakes that Dayton Moore did because Dayton Moore never drafted well in his life. I mean, the best draft pick that Dayton Moore made was, I mean, probably either Eric Hosmer or Mike Moustakis. And those guys were 
above average big leaguers for a couple of seasons. It's not like they were anything special. The Royals caught lightning in the in a bottle and kind of lucked out with how the the World Series thing worked out. They were ahead of the curve uh, as opposed to other teams. They didn't do it because they had better players than everybody else. And in this stage of the game right now, unless they find the next way to like revolutionize the game and change it where it's all about having dominant bullpens where one guy can go one inning and shut things down, they're going to have to find a way to get better players, and they just don't know how to identify those guys. Um, so it's disappointing. Uh, th- I mean, this is the worst – uh, the Royals have felt, I mean, they've been bad for decades now, but this is the worst I think it's felt because it just doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. And this whole rebuild thing's been going on for eight years now. So when there's no end in sight, but you're already in year number eight of the rebuild, it's a little dicey and uh, not very fun to think about. As I told Mitch earlier, I had images of the Joker from the Batman movie in uh, 1989. This town needs an enema. <laughs> well, it and, needs something. And and to me, that would be the front office and scouting department for the Royals right now. Yeah, I mean, I I don't wish this on him as a person, but if J.J. Piccolo's job wanted to to grab some vine like Clayton and Tarzan uh, and, and choked its way out of Kansas City, I would be okay with that, you know? Uh, it's I just thought it was – I thought it was a bad move in general when – they move to him mm-hmm. because you a, a situation like this, you have to clean house completely. I mean, this would have been like if over a year ago when K-State's looking for a new basketball coach, they are like, yeah, okay, we're firing Bruce Weber. But they decide, hey, you know what? This guy's a little bit different. Let's hire Chris Lowry as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that No, you can't do that. I mean, Chris Lowry, everything he knows – about being a basketball coach, he learned from Bruce Weber, it would be a disaster. And that's why the whole Piccolo thing didn't really make a ton of sense. And then on like you could swindle enough people to think that Matt Quatrero was the right hire as a manager for the Royals. But and that's fine. Like getting more people that are associated with the Tampa Bay Rays is probably a very smart move. They are a smart organization. They know what they're doing. They do more with way less than anybody else. The problem is the guys that aren't in control of those moves are the on-field major league coaches. So hiring the big coach for the Rays doesn't really make a ton of sense. Who you should have hired is their assistant GM Mm -hmm. or somebody in their front office that knows how they do things and made them your general manager and then let them identify a guy that could make the everyday decisions in the clubhouse. And I, I just I think that they've botched this entire thing but that's what happens because John Sherman has not cared one single bit about the on-field product since he bought the team. His only focus has been about building a brand-new ballpark. And, I mean, it seems like he's going to get his way. But it's to the detriment of this organization because until they really have somebody that, that cares and knows what they're doing and wants to make a strong effort with the on-field product, they're not going to make any headway there. And they're going to continue to suck like they do right now. And I mean, that's why it, you've got all these guys that are supposed to be, you know, the, the futures of your team that are hanging around or whatever. I, I don't think that they're going to have a competitive team in the next two years, even. And, and that's being generous. It's probably three or four years off uh, if you think that there's any end in sight. So I just think it's all a mess. It highlights how dis- dysfunctional they've been. Um, and I don't know, like the Royals, at least when they were bad when I was growing up, I, I still thought of them as fun. 
Uh, and, and then, you know, they were bad in like 2010 and 2011, but it felt like there was some momentum there. Right now, there's just absolutely none, and it feels like they're taking step backwards, which is wild because guys on the team right now are more talented than guys that were on the teams of the mid and late 2000s. Just had a better clue of what to do, and nobody in this organization has a clue of what to do right now. Yeah. Mason, I got one more Royals question, then uh, I'm, I'm going to have to take a break. Um, I wanted to ask about, now that we're approaching the trade deadline here in, in three weeks, I, I know the Royals only have one guy that people love, and that's Salvador Perez. But when it comes to prospects, it feels like Kansas City feels quite empty right now. Mm-hmm. Salvi does have a couple of years left on his contract, and it's a bit expensive. We're talking $20, $22 million a year the next couple of years. But if there is you know, a nice proposal on the table, is it now finally time to get rid of Salvi and trade him away? Or would you even trust the current staff to make the right trade with Salvi? The, those are two – Those are yeah, you're right. I mean, those are two different questions here. Number one, it's been time to trade Salvador Perez for the last – six years i mean after 2017 ended and this team was going to have to be really really bad for you know the continued future they should have moved him immediately like he's the guy with the most value it is a position in the game right now that there aren't very many great ones at it or good ones even and so his value is a little bit higher based off of his position and everything else they should have done last year the year before the year before that and the year before that like They've been missing this opportunity. Now, to the other part of your question, I really don't trust them to get the right return back. I mean, we already saw the Araldus Chapman trade was just so stupendously bad Brutal. with what they got back. They got back a 17-year-old that, you know, who knows, 17-year-old outfielders were like, we won't see him for eight years now. Great move. Doesn't really help you at all. And then they brought in a pitcher that's already had Tommy John surgery. He's got pretty pedestrian at best numbers when he's been in the big leagues. I mean, an ERA over five. Like, there was just no need to make that move in mid-June. Wait until the end of July. Team might feel some urgency. And then maybe you get a guy that is not going to be world-changing because the way that changed a little bit. But you could get a guy that could at least have quite a bit of length left on his career and be able to contribute in the near future to the big league team and for the long term, or somebody that had some kind of tool that really projected well. They didn't do that, and I don't trust them to make the right move with Salvador Perez because even if they had the stones to trade him, which I don't think Dayton Jr. in the front office has because Dayton's regime was all about the nostalgia of of the sport, I, I don't think that they would get the right return. So at that point, like you might as well let Salvi just play his entire career in Kansas City, give at least one guy out there that fans love, let him keep wearing the C on his chest and have him retire after only playing for the Royals uh, and then retire as number 13 at some point. Like, it's just, it's a lost cause at this point. Honestly, like, I don't know when the Royals are ever going to be good again. Uh, and it's just, there's no point in thinking that they're going to be good anytime soon. They suck. Everybody involved with them sucks. It's, it's a crappy situation. You mind hanging on with us for one more segment? Yeah, I'm good. All right, because when we come back, we're speaking with Mason Vote from Email Online, also former host of the show. I highly doubt that he voted Jalen Daniels for uh, Offensive Player of the Year in the Big 12. So who did Mason Vote pick? That's coming up next. (laughs) 
We're back in the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berklin, and joining us via the Zoom is Mason Online. Real quick, uh, before we get back to Mason, uh, we have a new media statement from Robert E. Huggins. And also on the header says West Virginia University head basketball coach. Some bullet points, he says, quote, I have taken responsibility for the mistake. I voluntarily checked into a world-class rehab center. Also another quote, I understand West Virginia published a statement uh, purportedly written by me. I am employed by West Virginia University to an employment agreement. So uh, basically stating that he's still an an employee of West Virginia. uh, Never said that he was going to resign. Um, also that he never spoke to the players that he actually resigned. Um, you know what? I'm not sure this is even from Bob Huggins. This might be from his wife, uh, to be honest with you. I'm not sure who actually wrote this, but we're joined once again by Mason both from EMA online. What side are you taking here? Do you think this is actually from Bob Huggins or was it from his wife, June? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, at the time that all this went down, would everything have been out of Bob? Huggins system for him to remember what he did and didn't we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become Senwa Saga Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply say at that time um i mean i don't know this is just a sad way for things to go down because i as as much as like people were like hey and we had this conversation when i was in studio like we all felt bad about the situation in general and that like this is how bob huggins career was like coming to an end everybody was very appreciative and it was just more of a hey you gotta go get yourself help but nobody hates you and everybody still supports you and wants the best for you. But now it's getting into that territory where this is just flat sad. He's starting to really tear apart uh, a career that he had. Uh, I mean, he already tried it with, you know, the, the slurs attacking the gay people and Catholics. Like, I don't know, two very major, like, groups of people in this country. And you just, in one sentence, decided to go after both of them. He survived that. And then he decides to drink out of his mind and drive around and get into a you know, blown tire situation, all this mess. And people were still like, hey, we're supporting you and all that. At this point, though, I think that this is just a sad attempt. Although, as sad as it is and pathetic as it looks for Bob Huggins at the end of this, I think that they are going to make an actual very compelling case that Bob Huggins should still be the basketball coach at West Virginia with everything that they've done. Because one of the other things that they are likely to try, or I think maybe already have, is to say that the actual notice that Huggins gave to West Virginia, it didn't come by mail. 
and that that's the way that the actual agreement that they had in place uh, is supposed to, to come to them. Uh, so I don't know. There's, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns, I think, for this to still come. But I am on the uh, West Virginia University side of things here where it's time to get Bob Huggins out of there. And I just have a tough time believing that a guy can change that much in, in less than a month. I'm afraid what's next is that Bob Huggins is going to encourage a West Virginia mob to go storm the WVU Coliseum and help get his job back. <laughs> I feel like that's the direction we're heading. Uh, let's let's get to the uh, All Big Twelve stuff. Last week we learned about the All Big Twelve preseason poll and the preseason team. And you're going to be you're probably heading down to media days, right? Uh, no, unfortunately, oh. I am not. Uh, since we'll be less than a month out from I hear you. the yeah. the baby. Uh, it, that's just it, it, unlikely that she would come as early as you know Tuesday or Thursday or whatever this week. Uh, but not the not the the best of, of moves. So I'll I'll take care of everything from here and follow along with everything going on uh, from there. But yeah, unfortunately, not going to be at Media Days this year because I I mean I love going down there. Uh, it's just always a blast to kind of be around the energy of that. It feels like football season is near, but yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, she's not even here yet, but she has already thrown a wrench into my sports plans. <laughs> well, I'm still sure you voted. I'm not going either, um, but I still voted on the preseason stuff. But Jalen Daniels, the quarterback of Kansas, was voted to be the Offensive Player of the Year in the Big 12. I said right before the break, I highly doubt that you voted for him. From the uh you gave me, uh, that confirmed yeah. it. Who was your vote then? Uh, well, I, so I actually did not vote. I did not get mine in on time, uh, because I thought that I had like extra time to do it. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll get around to this. I'll send it in on this day. And then I said that to somebody like, oh, well, it was actually due, you know, last week. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, not getting that in. They're fine without me. So I hope that me not voting was not what gave Jalen Daniels player of the year in the preseason. Um, it's like I had a history teacher my junior year of high school where he was telling us about why he always votes because he skipped one time and a guy he knew was like, hey, I am calling around and saying, hey, I'm, I'm counting on your vote this week. And since it's public record who votes or not, he looked up some of these people because the dude ended up losing by like three votes. And he called my history teacher like, hey, saw you didn't vote this year. Like, what happened, man? So – uh, I hope I wasn't the reason why uh, like Dylan Gabriel didn't win it because he would have been my pick. I would have given it to Dylan Gabriel. He, he, he's the best returning quarterback from last season. He's got the longest track record. He played really well last year. He had ultimately the best numbers out of what I think would be the four serious contenders in Gabriel, Quinn Ewers, Will Howard, Jalen Daniels. I would have given it to Dylan Gabriel. Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure we know your, your K-State – your opinion on them get back to Arlington is is greatly possible uh with the talent that is coming back and you know K-State receiving the second most first place votes while Texas got the majority of them meanwhile I think you know Kansas is one of those teams that probably was kind of voted all over the place but ends up being picked ninth even though they have four players on the all big 12 team Jalen Daniels is the preseason offensive player of the year is this going to be a better Jayhawk team, you think? Or are they going to stay the same, take a dip? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think that they're probably going to have a year where they they kind of just stay flat. They they don't like take a step backwards. But it's it's tough to imagine that they take a giant step forward uh, just because like, 
it, it's kind of an interesting schedule that they have. Now, the one thing that could greatly change what they end up looking like this year is that game with Illinois that they have early in the season. Uh, Illinois is coming to Lawrence. That's a team that was good last year. And if it was last year's Illinois team versus last year's KU team, you do take Illinois. But it's just kind of tough to pick in this circumstance. So I I don't know. That's probably a swing game in their season. Um, I, I just think that they're a team that probably wins a lot of the games that they're supposed to, but they have one too many games on their schedule that is a game that you would probably take the other team, and they're just not at the level yet ready to win that. So they're probably going to be a 6-6 six and six team. It's 7-5 and five on the high end if they beat Illinois, I think. And it feels so weird. Oklahoma just has one player in the All-Big 12 preseason team. KU has four. And uh, meanwhile, Oklahoma picked to finish, what, third in the Big 12 conference. Um, if you would have voted, you know, I'm also curious about this because I'm high on Texas Tech this year. Would you have voted Tech as a too. top five team? Yes, I would have. I would have had them at four. Uh, I think, I mean, I think that they're cruising. I They are in such a good spot. And, I mean, I, I really like what they're doing there. Like, that's probably, outside of what TCU did last year, that's probably the team moving forward right now in the new Big 12 that, feels like they probably pose the greatest threat to K-State trying to be the top team in the new Big 12 because Joey McGuire knows the ins and outs of the state of Texas, the momentum and energy that they have down there. I mean, it's as high as any team in the league right now, uh, given what they've come out of and how they're doing it. So I'm really high on them. Maybe they don't get in that three or four range this year because I, like, I could even see Tech being in Arlington. Like I would not be shocked by that if they ended up uh, in that position this year. Um, so it'll just be interesting to kind of see. I mean, Tech doesn't have the toughest of schedules. Their, their two toughest Big 12 games this year are going to be K-State at home, and then they play at Texas on Black Friday. But outside of that, like they, they could probably handle everybody. Their other tough games are like a home game with TCU and probably the road trip to Lawrence. So I think Tech is going to be a good team this year. And I, I did a thing last week where – uh, I ranked all of the coaches in the Big 12, and I put them into tiers. And I had Joey McGuire in the top tier with three other coaches, and that being Chris Kleiman, Sonny Dykes, and Lance Leipold. Uh, Texas Tech people loved me up for it. They're like, yo, yeah, a, a K-State guy that's that's reasonable and sensible. Like, So I'm not just saying this because I'm now like an honorary Texas Tech guy, and they, but I, I really do believe in them. And I think the world of Joey McGuire. Okay, say Texas Tech fans have this kind of like unspoken brotherhood that has developed yeah. the last year or two. So uh, it's 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 totally fair to team up with them. We're kind of buds, you know, but <laughs> uh, long distance relationship. Uh, to wrap up here, you brought up coaches on the football side. You know, I I retweeted a uh, a tweet from like a college basketball national thing that ranked the top forty coaches, and Jerome Tang was not on there. I was like, you know, it is one year. Like for some, that's not enough sample size, but I think it is quite a bit when you beat four of the top ten coaches that were listed, including uh, beating Scott Drew a couple of times. But also, we've seen, you know, recently was the Peach Jam that was this past weekend, and Patrick Ngongba is somebody they're very heavily going after and I'd love to hear your two cents on that recruitment because it feels like because he just got yeah. a uh, uh, he got a um, uh, an offer from Kentucky and Texas today but it feels like this is some of the hardest recruiting they've done in their you know going under their second season 
Yeah, I mean they're 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 working him as hard as they possibly can. Um, I mean he he was a guy that they got to. He was one of the key visitors during last football season. Made his official visit to K State, and ever since then, whenever they've gotten the chance to to follow him around, they've been there and they're they're working as much as they can. It's just going to be interesting to see uh, if they can actually finish this thing off. There are so many good teams that are involved in the Ngongba situation right now. Um, I, I think like na- some national media is just kind of writing K-State off here because of who is involved. Like Kentucky's involved now. UConn is the other big name that has been in this for, from a pretty early stage, and people around UConn feel pretty good about the situation. So they're going to have to fight like crazy. But I really do think that they've done all they can. I mean, they, they go four coaches deep every time he plays, and they are treating him like the number one priority because he is now that David Castillo is in. Um, so And they have the pitch to be like, hey, you can come in here and we really will have, have room for you basically instantly if you want to play. So um, I, we'll see how this ends up going down uh, and, and how things turn out. Um, they're not out of it. They're going to probably be one of the you know final contents for him. It's just going to be about can they keep everybody at arm's length because certainly two months ago they had the lead in this thing, but now with Ngongba blowing up, he's you know finally been ranked uh, a four-star athlete by at least every recruiting service. I think ESPN may even have him as a five. Um there are just so many more eyeballs and hands in this recruitment now. And this is where, like, if K-State could pull this off, this would be a serious flex by Jerome Tang and his staff to to land in Gongba, who rivals as the number 32 player in the class of 24 right now. It could be very much their biggest win, especially with the number of heavy hitters that are going after uh, Patrick and Gongba. Center, four-star right now is like you said, Mason. Yeah, he is on the verge to be picking up that extra star here. It's probably just a matter of time after performing well at the Peach Jam. Uh, Mason, that's all I got for you. Thanks, bud. We'll be uh, talking to you soon. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you. It's Mason Vogt from Email Online. We'll take a quick break. We have a number one song of the day coming up after these words. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're off. Hey, real quick. Do you guys like the Beach Boys? Yes. I've seen them in concert. I liked them. Also, sing their music in choir classes like uh, we needed something to sing. Yeah, but Beach they Boys could probably hang it up at this point in terms of uh, touring. Yeah. Mike Love is a Jack A. Yeah. Thing. But That's what I've heard. 65 to 75 Beach Boys Golden Era. I just like Pet Sounds. I tried. I tried, man. Like, you don't like Pet Sounds? I, 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 like, I like God Only Knows. Like, God Only Knows. I love that song. I'm a big Kokomo guy. Yeah. Those are the wow. ones I'm just like, God no, dang Kokomo's it. a banger. What are you guys I talking wanna about? I want to like them. I want to because... These- Reeks of... Uh, what are those... Ben and uh, not Ben and Jerry's. Jamaica. What is the coolers? Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda. Bahama. All right, we got to stop. We're going to get in trouble. Um, oh, wait, 30 seconds. Too many lyrics. The Why coolers? What yeah. are those little... Bartles and James. Coolers? Bartles and James. It reeks of Bartles and James <laughs> and... Tom Cruise looking happy. Welcome to my high school era. Thank you. 
<laughs> that is a great song. It oh is fantastic. God. How do you? How dare okay, you I don't dare. I don't dare. I take it back. Um, today's uh, National okay. Kitty Day. Um, are you guys real simple? Cat or dog? Both? Neither? What do you got? I'm cool. Both. Me too. I, I prefer dogs. Yeah. I, definitely dog. Mm, I love definitely dog. kittens and puppies. I'd go both, but also neither, because I don't want to take care of anything right now. Well, when it comes to the baby versions of those, yeah, puppies. Puppies are puppies, puppies. are dope. Yeah, they are cool. As long as you don't have to potty train, like they are a pain to raise. But yeah, if you can yeah. just hang out with them for yeah. an hour or two, yeah, and they're playful and stuff, it's a great time. <laughs> yeah, don't pee on that. Oh. They just want to wrestle and they do like wrestling and play around the whole. Yeah, they're uh, so we, much energy. We, we joked for years that uh, our schnauzer essentially was the ambulance. If you wound up prone on the ground, here he came. <laughs> Tomorrow is Phil Steel Day on the game for oh. Trey, Deej, Troy, and Mitch. Go Cats.